1: Hope everybody's doing well today. I want to welcome everybody to the Unimpressed Podcast today. And today we have a very special guest on the Unimpressed Podcast. He's a tier chef, Arthur Mr. Andy Murray, and famous brother called Bill Murray. Welcome to the show, Andy Murray. How are you doing today?
2: I'm great. Thanks for having me, John.
1: Andy, I like having people on here, and I kind of do things a little different, kind of interview people from the foundation up, dig into their head a little bit, and see what they're all about what makes them tick. And obviously you come from a big family and growing up in the Chicago area, did, did you ever think that you would be in the restaurant business as a younger adult?
2: Yeah, actually I did. I started cooking pretty young, but I started working in restaurants even, you know, when I was... First restaurant I worked at, I was 11 years old. I don't think they let you do that anymore, but uh, I was able to do that. So, you know, at the time, I, I was always thinking how I could do something better than the guy who owned the restaurant. One restaurant owner told me, you know,
1: well, you know, when you own your own successful restaurant, you can do whatever you want. That's pretty much what I've done. When I think about that and you having a, a brother in the creative space, you know, I mean, chefs as well, I think are the same thing. I think chefs are artists just like any other artist. Have you ever? Thought you were an artist? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: yeah, it's a comfort thing. It it, it makes you feel good. But uh, I've I've been in plenty of places where people think they're a pretty good cook, and they they just
1: they're awful. Sometimes making food be spectacular is an art. Yeah. What is your specialty uh, when you when you approach a dish or a thought process of making food? What would be your specialty how would you go about it
2: well you know i was trained mostly by french guys in the beginning and i i have this sh- huge love for french food and sauces and anytime I can make anything with a sauce, I, right there at the top of my list. It's a fun idea. You know, you sit down and say, well, what am I going to do? What's in the refrigerator? What am I going to make with this stuff? And how can I throw this together and make it so everybody likes it, not just me?
1: Now, when you, you approach flavor, is there a thought process you have with approaching flavor and how you would change flavors out? Is there, like I said, I'm trying to get into saying, hey, what's going to make Andy Murray's restaurant different? You know, what are people going to recognize when they walk in the door,
2: it's going to be comfortable. It's going to be probably something that they're kind of similar. They've they've had somewhere. You know, it's, this is stuff I grew up with, and and, and I, I you know I go back to it and say, well, what would mom make? And you know, mm-hmm. and then try to layer things on top so I can
1: see what works, what doesn't work. Sometimes it doesn't work at all. How many brothers and sisters you have in the family?
2: Well, there there were nine, nine, nine children: Ed, Brian, Nancy, Peggy, Billy, Laura, Andy, John, Joel. Uh, and so there was you know. The dinner table. There was always a. There was eleven of us at the table because you know from Sunday through Thursday we sat down. We had dinner with the family. Friday, Saturday we could do whatever we wanted, but uh, you know Sunday through Thursday you better be there. And uh, it was you know nobody ate until Mom sat down and and Dad you know had carved and served every plate and passed it down. We really worked. We, that our parents worked on our manners. Uh, you know no elbows on the table. God, I can't tell you how many times my father you know took this. The fat end of a knife and hit your your funny bone on your elbow to get your elbows off the table.
1: It must have been a lot of food to be cooking for 11. You know, how many days? That's five days a week? Uh, It was five days a week.
2: Yeah, it was a lot of food. Mom made a lot of food. We came home from uh, school at three o'clock and we were hungry, but we didn't eat to dinner until my dad got there home at six o'clock. My mom had, you know, six, eight loaves of bread at the house all the time. So when you came home, it's make a sandwich, make a peanut butter, mayonnaise and lettuce sandwich, make, you know, a bologna sandwich, make a sandwich, period. But, uh, and eat it over the sink so you wouldn't get crumbs on the floor. That was it. I mean, yeah, we were always eating and if you didn't finish what was on your plate.
1: Your brother would look over and go, "You can eat that," and and that was gone. What was it like at the time? coming up in Chicago with a big family and a lot of tradition there and so forth. What was it like back then?
2: It wasn't that unusual to have big families. There were a lot of people at that time that had big families. Uh, we weren't mm-hmm. the only people with nine kids. And the O'Garras had nine kids. The Collinses had nine kids. Multiple people had seven and eight kids. So it wasn't that strange. But you know, all these people, they, you know, they love my mother. So hey, it's the Murrays. We can get away with something.
1: Did creative peace come from your mother or your father? Were they creative? Obviously your mother had the. To- cook well if she was feeding that many people where do you think that the talents came from
2: when my mom and dad got married my mom had gone to a, a, a cooking school a french cooking school and my dad had gone to a carving school so they you know they knew how to i don't think they planned on having 9 children you know my dad was a meat and potatoes guy and so it was pretty much meat and potatoes and it was a lot of well done meat to tell you the truth we didn't very little fish the only fish we ate was fridays because it was friday and we were catholic and it was fish sticks usually or tuna noodle casserole, something like that. Mom wasn't that, you know, they weren't cr- that creative at that point. It was, you know, was a lot of Betty Crocker stuff, you know, recipes too.
1: With the kids, were there any other actors in the family as well besides oh, Bill? yeah.
2: Dinner table at our house was a lot of one-liners. You know, there was 11 of us around the table. My dad and mom were funny people, but my dad was very funny. He was had a very dry sense of humor and if you could make my dad laugh,
1: you were doing a really good job
2: and you knew it. That's, I think, you know, where the Success and, and humor of my family came, came from. It started at the dinner table.
1: Now they were were they the type of family and like obviously when the kids were together, with, who was the one kid that stood out the most? Might have been a little more crazy than others.
2: Originally, it was probably Brian. Brian was that's the first one. Brian was the one who came home. Brian was the first one who smoked cigarettes and smoked a cigarette at the dinner table and was blowing smoke rings, and we were like, oh God, he can blow a smoke ring. You've got Nancy that's another sister who's very funny, and Peggy's very fun. Billy and Edward were Funny in their own way. Billy was Billy kind of took over after Brian started moving out. Edward left, you know, to the Air Force, and you know, Brian and Billy. And when Brian went to college, then Billy took over as the funny guy. But you know, it was a lot of one-liners. You know, I had friends who used to come over to the house, and you know, just to be insulted.
1: They, they enjoyed that. It's funny. I've I've never met your brother. I actually I actually moved from New Jersey. I lived in North Caldwell, New Jersey, twelve and a half years, and we moved to Charleston, South Carolina, during the pandemic because I went to college there. And I think that's where your, your brother brother calls home and he
2: had a place right i don't i don't know where in jersey where but he got a place in new york that's right by the jersey border right across by the hudson uh and he's got the place down in, in, in south carolina and you know he's got another place a couple other places too how many kids do you have i just have one the prince in the air and
1: what does your uh kid do
2: my my boy drew he he works for a company called atmosphere that they're partners with the chive media company that's a media company
1: oh okay chive what is your approach from a business structure if you're in St. Augustine and in Chicago. And you've had several different restaurants. Is there an approach uh, to that piece of business? Well, you know, originally
2: I my approach was I wanted to kind of copy the Mortimer's restaurant where I worked at in New York. That's okay. where, you know, I did a lot of cooking and I cooked for a lot of different people there. It was basically, it was, you know, try to put out a really, you know, a good product for a good price. Mortimer's was a place where it was uh, it was the corner saloon for the the rich in society, Blue Bloods in, in Manhattan. That's where they hung out, and that's where they ate an awful lot. And So I just figured that if I could do that, if I could copy that somewhat, and still bring in the goofiness of you know of uh, the movie Caddyshack, mm-hmm. but it was, you know, because Warner Brothers owns Caddyshack, we had to be Murray Brothers Caddyshack. Warner Brothers was very helpful and, and was very supportive of us. It all worked now, out.
1: Do you like, I mean, being a Chicago guy, what differences do you like compared to Chicago and New York? If you cut wow. your teeth in New York. Well, in New York,
2: you know, I, I moved to New York when I was 23, 22, 23, and uh, you know my brother was on Saturday Night Live. You know it was it was great. You know you couldn't have asked for a better time to be in New York. It was very exciting time to be there. Uh, all the clubs, all you know everything was on page six in the Post. You know the gossip comms and who was there. And yeah, I was at that party. It was it was it was fun to name drop it back then. But Chicago is my home, and Chicago is what I love. It's uh, it's where my family's from. It's where you know we all come back. And, and we just get stronger every time we come back here.
1: Now, when you talk about you know being around the celebrity world, is there something you would have done differently looking back on it?
2: I would have studied harder in school and and gone into banking. That, that's probably what I would have done. I am what I am. Uh, but what I did, I'm pretty happy with what I. Would I have been an actor? No. For a long time, I was uh, I was like a deer in, in the headlights. You know, when you put me on stage, I was you know I couldn't get it out of my mouth. But I've gotten, as the years have gone on, it's gotten easier.
1: As the family was going through this experience that your family has gotten to, did you anticipate that at all? Or
2: I always thought my brothers were going to be, I knew Billy was going to be successful. He was the smartest guy. When Billy's funny, he's there's nobody funnier. So, yeah, no, I always I always believed that he would be he would be as successful as he is. I didn't realize <laughs> how much of
1: a superstar, you know, he be, would become. But, yeah, I believed he would be successful from an early age. And what do you think about the- the intelligence you know a lot of people don't talk about that i think comedians and so forth have a very high intelligence and maybe you know maybe communicate a little bit differently did you ever process that or could tell a difference of intelligence being around a, a great comedian
2: you know i
1: i was lucky enough that, you know, because
2: Brian was in Second City first. He was the one who went to Second City first and he brought Billy in. When Brian was in it, Brian was in the group at Second City that, you know, it was John Belushi and Harold Ramis, Betty Thomas and Joe Flaherty. I mean, those were some real geniuses, comedic geniuses. Brian is, was just as funny as any of When Billy came in, Billy just, you know, he was phenomenal on stage. He really was. What was the years apart of all the brothers? Well, there's 18 years from top to bottom. And so, you know, I think Billy is four or five years younger than Brian. I'm six years younger than Billy. Joel's six
1: years younger than me. So, yeah. yeah, it's 18 from top to bottom. Looking at, talking about this book that you put together, what was your inspiration? for the book
2: i was cooking thanksgiving dinner this is three years ago at my brother billy's house in in south carolina driven up from florida and the night before thanksgiving we had gone to the store and Billy ended up getting this 26 pound turkey and i'm like well there's only eight people here we don't need this much turkey." oh no no there's there'll be leftovers and so he ended up inviting a few more people just to make it you know see there are more people as i was uh, cooking i was working this, this whole day just sweating making this dinner up and this really attractive woman came in and sat down and watched me and, and drinking her champagne and, and watching me cook and watching me cook. And I was hoping she would wash a dish or, you know, chop some something for me to make my life easier. But uh, she didn't. At the end of the meal, she goes, you know, that was the most beautiful turkey I've ever seen. That was a fantastic meal. And I think you ought to write a cookbook. I was pretty taken aback. And I said, well, I didn't expect that. But it ended up being, it was Karen Duffy, who was Duff on MTV, The VJ. She connected me with her agent, and uh, and I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm not ready for this right now. Let's let's talk after the new year. I've got too much on my plate because we had just opened the restaurant in Chicago. The pandemic came, and uh, in a matter of two weeks, three other people told me I should write it. So I called her back and said, can I still talk to that agent? And she said, of course, and uh, he immediately loved the idea of what I wanted to do, and uh, sold it to, to HarperCollins. What are you going to learn from the cookbook? That life is whole, a whole lot better when you share with, with your friends and your family, you you like each other better. You feel
1: better. Tell funnier stories. You learn more. How much time do you spend in St. Augustine? A little bit more than six months a year. Six months a year. Now, did you just strictly pull this this content, this thought process, just from you cooking in the kitchen? I've got a catalog of recipes I've done over the years. You know,
2: I've got like 400 recipes. You know that that I can reel into. But I I started thinking that I was trying to put it together with stories I could tell, and mm-hmm. you know, there's stories of different people at different restaurants. I worked at whether you know i cook for princess margaret in new york or if i cook for frank sinatra at a dinner party very funny piece and having a nun you know chase me down in, in, a, in a convent across the street from where i grew up and, and make me
1: eat a, a a tomato uh, for the first time and making me fall in love with tomato. The Sinatra I had a guest on here, Gianni Russo, and uh, he was I guess Costello's friend or whatever when Sinatra worked at the Copa. What time period? That was before, me. way before. Me. What was that story like with Sinatra? I had decided to have a dinner
2: party for Sinatra. Sinatra was singing that night at Madison Square Garden, and Red Buttons was having a dinner party for twelve people in in the back private room. So they came in after Sinatra had finished. Uh, at the garden. They sat down and and waiters went out and laid out everything and told them what was going to be happening, what they were going to be eating. About five minutes later, Barbara Sinatra was at the kitchen door saying, you know, my husband and I, we don't eat lamb. Is there something else we could have? And I said, well, you know, I can make you Dover sole. Would you like Dover sole? And she goes, ah, that would be perfect. We we finished the meal and uh, the dessert and everything and all of a sudden Sinatra's at the door of the kitchen. And he's like, who made that fish? I immediately pointed to my fish guy, Johnny Marsh, and Sinatra goes over, hands him a $100 bill, and then just starts handing out money to everybody in the kitchen. Well, we fell in love with Sinatra right there. Not that I wasn't a big fan of his anyway, but uh, oh. when he left, we all went out. There was a side door to the restaurant. We all ran out and ran to the front, cured him as he got into his limo and kind of waved to us all. Sinatra, he, he was pretty cool. Who would you say
1: was the most fascinating in the book?
2: Sinatra was good, but you know, I, I have to go back to this nun, this, this uh, sister, Friedberta, Berta, who uh, when we were young growing up, we used to raid this convent across the street. This woman, you know, we used to just, you know, basically steal all their apples and uh, hit their cherry trees. And, you know, one day this nun caught me and, and turned me around because I was moving so slow because I was holding so many apples. And she saw the apples. She said, well, if you like this, eat this. And she handed me uh, a tomato. And I was like, when I bit into it, it was one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. And I've been looking for that tomato ever since. So I came up with this idea and we've got this uh, this tomato pie recipe in our book that's
1: actually quite Quite wonderful when you talk about you know the food foods today how do you do been in the restaurant business picking your ingredients you know what are the best ingredients to pick is there a way you go about that or is there certain people have used over the years because of you know you got organic not organic and restaurants and so forth what is your thought on that
2: yeah if you, as, as much organic as you can get is great when I was Shelter Island uh, I had gotten this job when I first went out to New York I was working for a uh, I had gotten the guy who the guy who did the care catering for Saturday Night Live had a restaurant in Shelter Island. His name was Eric Perjot, he was French. And I was I was gonna go out to the Culinary Institute in New York and he said, oh Andy, you know that, you come work for me and I will teach you everything. So I went out and worked for him. And so I met all the fishing boats. I met. I went to the farmer's stands. I was getting, seeing, you know, the farm to table stuff before a lot of people were, I thought. And then uh, now it's, you know, who's your fishmonger? Who's who's your produce guy? Where are you getting your stuff from? And as soon as they start sending you stuff that's not up to Bar on somebody else that's the problem suppliers aren't giving you
1: good enough stuff they'll be out of business how do you get in the right position with the supplier in this day and time in the uh, restaurant business?
2: a lot of it is word of mouth it really is it's you, you talk to other guys in the business who you trust and their opinion and they're pretty quick they'll they'll tell you who's good and who's not
1: you know i'm very if i find a good place i'll go back because i think if you find a good place that has good food it's hard it's hard to find those places you know no um, it's,
2: it's 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 not easy to find it but it's also the 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 prices today are astronomical. Uh, they've just risen so much, and we're you know trying to keep the prices down. But sometimes you just can't, and, and you know hope people understand that. I think most of the time they do. I don't know I spent twenty dollars the other day on breakfast for myself, so, and that was kind of crazy. So,
1: how much of an increase have you seen with all with all the stuff that's going on? Oh, it's gone up. You know, almost thirty percent. How do you manage that to continue to be profitable? Some things you don't serve anymore. That's one
2: mm-hmm. of them. I mean, we used to have crab cakes. So crab cakes are wonderful. They still are. Wonderful. My crab cakes are great, but you know it's thirty-seven dollars a pound. You know, in some places to get you know good crab. You know, yeah, you can use the backfill stuff know, you know backfin and and
1: use some cheaper stuff. But if you want a lump crab cake, yeah, you're gonna pay for it. Where do we want to find all Andy Murray stuff? The book. Tell me where we need to look for that. The book is called Eat, Drink, and Be Murray: uh, A Feast of Family Fun and Favorites.
2: My brother Billy does the uh, the forward, which is one wonderful. There is uh, YouTube videos out that I've done that have some, you know, I'm working on more. I've got, uh, I think about six of them done right now that have the recipes that I, I, I make on, on camera for them. But you can get it at uh, Amazon. You can get it at Target. You can get it at, at Walmart. You can get it at Barnes and Noble. You can go online. You can go to HarperCollins and get it. It's all major bookstores have got it. And even a lot of small ones too. Some good places in Chicago.
1: Well, have you thought about opening a place down there in Charleston with your brother no I don't want when I go to Charleston I don't want to work I have too good of a time when I go to Charleston what's your favorite place down there oh fig yeah how no about thing. the grocery you done have you been to the grocery no I haven't been to the grocery you I haven't been up, you know, because of the pandemic I haven't I haven't been up in a couple of years oh yeah, yeah
2: no I'm gonna go up uh, in the next couple of weeks I'm gonna be going up there that's the first time I was supposed to go up at Thanksgiving and I got COVID
1: now did your family did your family get together during the holidays or not did- Christmas I uh, stayed at my sister's house and she she and her husband bought the house
2: we grew up in and my three sisters are in the Chicago area my brother Brian came up uh, from Kansas Billy and Johnny were in New York and Joel was in California but we all get together we have a golf tournament every year in, in April uh, in St. Augustine and everyone shows up
1: for that check out Andy Murray's book he's a uh, restaurant owner chef and he's eat, drink and be Murray eat, drink and be Murray I'm glad you came on man it was good talking to you and if you come down to Charleston look us up we're right off the Ravenel Bridge uh, okay. I left by the Scotchman. We'll be there. I love Charleston. It's a great place. I don't I don't think I'm leaving. My brother went down there, and he decided he wasn't leaving either. Yeah, so. it's a nice place. Like I said, again, restaurant owner, uh, chef, author, Andy Murray. Got a famous brother, Mr. Bill Murray. Thanks for coming on this show. My name is John Edmonds Cosma, the CEO of Bang Productions. Thank now, you, John. I just- appreciate having me.